Hey there, and thank you for tuning in to the Occlusal Table. I'm one of your hosts, Taylor Jackson, and today we'll continue our Dental School Declassified series with interviewing the freshman class so that we can gather advice and listen in on their dental school experience. Let's get started. So today we are delighted to have two very special guests. Um, we have Aparecio Peggins and Rachel Jackson. So give it up for them, okay? <laughs> thank you, thank you. So if you guys could say a little bit about yourselves. So I'm uh, Rachel Jackson, and I am a part of the 2023 class of Meharry Medical College School of Dentistry, and I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I attended the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville for undergrad, and I got my master's in health science at Meharry Medical College. Yay, Rachel. <laughs> so, my name is Aparicio Peggins. I am a 2014 graduate of Morehouse College, and I am a rising second year dental student at Meharry Medical College. Um, you know, Hall of Fame, uh, whatever you want to call it. You call it. <laughs> well, uh, I'm definitely delighted to have you guys on the show. Um, so I guess to jump right into our main discussion, um, why did you guys choose dentistry? Uh, what was your journey like to get into dental school? Um, okay, so like I said, I'm from uh, Arkansas. So growing up in Arkansas, I never got the opportunity to experience a, like seeing a black dentist or an African-American dentist or a female dentist, to be honest. And so I remember like when I was younger, I was, I would, we would have like family discussions. I have an older sister and a younger brother. And so we would talk to our parents and we'd be like, you know, it's sort of strange that we've been going to the dentist all the time. We've never really saw, seen a female. We've never really seen you know, African-American, then it's like, is that something that we can even do? Like, have we not reached that level yet to where, you know, that's a, a field that we can really conquer? Like, like, what is it? You know, just having these type of conversations with our parents. And I remember my mom, she was sort of like, you've never seen an African-American dentist? And I was like, not at all. She asked my siblings, we were like, no, never. And so she was just like, cool, wouldn't it be the first? And we were like, you know, we can't do that. I don't even know anybody that went to dental school. Like, what do you, like, what? Like, yeah. that's not, who am I going to talk to? You didn't go to dental school. So how are we <laughs> supposed to do this? We got to take tests and all of that. And she was just like, whatever you want to see in this world, be that. Like, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever you want to see in this world, mirror it. It has to start with you. Because I can sit around and say, hey, I've never seen an African-American dentist. And it's like, well, who's going to change that? Especially in a, um. In Arkansas, like, I knew no one, no one at all. And so I remember my parents were always like, Rachel, like, I have an older sister. She's five years older than me and a younger brother. He's uh, three years younger than me. And they were like, be Dennis. Like, keep it in the family. Do something that nobody in Arkansas that we know of has done. And so that's just in the back of my mind. This is way younger. My sister actually, she went to the University of Arkansas Fayetteville as well. And she actually... She got accepted into into Meharry, 
and she was in dental school. She actually just graduated from uh, NYU's residency program, and she's now a pediatric dentist in Dallas. Oh, wow. And so what is crazy is it's like we went, you, you would have thought, okay, the Jacksons, they must have some type of dentist in their family. They yeah. must know somebody. And it's like this was all off of faith, like praying. And really just manifesting that, hey, like, I've never seen anything like that to the point where everywhere I look around me, I'm, I'm like, that's a black doctor. That's a black dentist. Like, it, it's everywhere. And so that's really been my journey of how I really got opened up to the field of dentistry. And honestly, saying my sister um, sort of paved the way for myself and my brother. It sort of helped out a lot. And then also seeing how, like, Meharry gave her the opportunity to even be a part of a change. I really feel like Meharry contributed a lot because I was just like, you know, everybody told us no. I remember I was in undergrad talking to my advisor and I was like, you know, I want to be a dentist. And he was like, statistically, it's a no. Like, you know, you're mm-hmm. so, like he wanted me to take a year off or something. He wanted me to do something. And I was just like, well, you know, I feel like God is like telling me that it's going to happen right now. And he was like, well, unfortunately, the statistics are telling you otherwise. And mm-hmm. so what I've learned throughout this entire process is like black people have always been the exception to the rules. Like we don't we don't live off of statistics because they're not really built for us. Mm-hmm. And then what I've also learned is like favor is not fair. As far as how I got here, I don't know. I pray. I pray. I know it was a lot of qualified people. Like that's why I tell people all the time, like if you don't get accepted, that does not have you could be qualified. Like it's a lot of qualified people. It's just like. You know, sometimes where I feel like all of the time, God puts you in a position that you need to be in. So whether it's your time right now or later, you know, what, whatever your calling is, that what, that's what ultimately was supposed to happen. But yeah, I saw my sister, she became a dentist and it really just inspired me to be like, maybe I can do this, you know. And then I ended up getting into the MHS program at Meharry Medical College. And then I got accepted into um, dental school. And actually it's crazy because tomorrow my brother is taking a DAT. So like I said, everybody be like, wow, it's crazy how dentistry is in the family. But it really it really started off by like a table conversation of just like, why don't I see enough of me in this field? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like ever since that, that, um, that conversation, is sort of, it sort of led me to where I am. And uh, how I got here, a lot of faith, a lot of praying, and a lot of work. Um, like I said, it's a lot of qualified people who apply for dental school. And I just, I just knew that, like, you know, where my purpose was, and I, and I kept honing in on that. And it was a lot of people who told me no. And for every no I got, you know, I was just like, how can I, how can I work my butt off in the future to turn that into a yes? And ultimately, it uh, paid off. It scared me a lot, you know. The process was hard, but, but I'm here now. And so, and I don't feel like I would be here unless it wasn't for like my family. And then, of course, I got. Nice. What about you, Show? So my route to dentistry was um, what one would say unorthodox. Um, Once I graduated from Morehouse, I immediately came to Meharry. Well, I was accepted into the PhD program. So I'm accepted to the PhD program. I started doing research. I'm doing my rotations. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking that I'm going to somehow transition to the MD PhD program. Oh, I'm gonna give you the whole thing. Uh, so <laughs> okay. As, as the kids say today, no cap. Um, <laughs> so I figured, you know, in time, I'll transition to the MD PhD program. It's just a dream that I that I had 
um, because at Morehouse, the people who were uh, on track to be MD PhDs were typically like the smartest people at the school. And it was just something to strive for. But I wasn't in that realm at all while I was there. I was trying to have fun, you know. Anyway, so I met Meharry doing research. And um, the lab that I chose to be my first lab decided to leave Meharry. And they went to FAMU in Florida. I'm from Tennessee. Specifically, I'm from Memphis. I'm not moving to Florida. Like, it just wasn't happening. So I decided to go to a different lab. And I went to, well, I was accepted to a lab at Vanderbilt. And as many of, um, many Nashvilleans know, Vanderbilt isn't the most diverse place in the world. Um, So in the building that I worked in, the medical center at Vanderbilt, I was the only black person that I ever saw other than the janitor. Um, wow. Of course, we gave of course we gave each other the hard nod when we saw each other, but like, I never <laughs> saw any black people, um, and no one ever spoke to me. And I'm a social person, so that bothered me. Like no one ever spoke to me. I would just come to the lab, do my work, and go home, and it was just a boring life. And I felt like I had skills, um, and I had just different inherent talents that were just going unused or just wasting away at the bench, mm-hmm. um, the research bench. So. I applied to this clinical re- clinical neuroscience scholars program. I was in the, neuro- the neuroscience department, um, and that took researcher research scientists from the bench and put them into the clinic to work alongside like um, neurology residents. So I was doing that for the majority of the latter half of my PhD tenure, um, and I fell in love with being in the clinic. I just enjoyed being around patients, being around people that I could actually talk to. Because like I said, nobody ever talked to me while I was doing <laughs> research. Um, so I spent a lot of time doing research. So much that, well, so, excuse me, a lot of time being in the clinic. So much that my PI or my you know principal investigator, my mentor, she sent me an email one night. Uh, very late. I was actually in the lab at about 11.30 p.m. She sent me an email saying that she thought it'd be a good idea that we no longer continue our partnership. Hmm. Keep in mind, I'm in the lab. I'm in the lab doing (laughs) research. And she sends me an email saying that we're we're pretty much done. So I was kind of, uh, I was torn up a bit Primarily because I'm like, this is my life. This is what I've chosen to do with my life. This is the the route that I've chosen to take. Um, So I left the lab, of course, angry. Um, And I came home and I immediately started like trying to figure out what I was going to do and how I was going to tell um, the former dean of graduate studies, Dr. Lima, what, you know, what happened. Um, Of course, she was going to find out anyway, but I was just trying to figure out how I was going to tell my story. Um, So I decided to apply to medical school, apply to any program that would accept me as I was. So I um, I graduated from Morehouse with a degree in psychology. I think, I think I'm think i a side, you know, a sideshow psychologist. You know, anyway, I, I feel like I understand people. But that's the story for a different day. Um, <laughs> so I didn't have the prerequisites to apply to medical school. I didn't have your calculus or your organic chemistry or not even general general chemistry too. So I had to take the prerequisites. Pre, the prerequisites. Um, so I was applying to different pre, uh, pre-med post-bac programs and that very night that I was kicked out of the lab. 
Um, I was up to about 5 a.m. updating my resume. I was just determined to figure it out. Like when I talked to the dean, the next thing I wanted to be able to tell her was I already figured my life out. So whatever mm-hmm. you have to say, I've already found a solution. Like I'm not just going to mm-hmm. come to you with the problem. Like I'm, I already figured it out. Like so it really doesn't matter. And I just, that was my that was my mindset that very night of being kicked out of the lab. So um, just kind of distraught. Um, I was kind of like crazy off of a couple of Red Bulls. And I'm thinking I'm going. I'm going to go to medical school. I've cr- I'm cracked out on Grey's. Uh, what is it? Grey's Anatomy. What's the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, cra- I'm cracked out on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> like, like I'm. I've watched every episode possible at the time. Like I'm just infatuated with what a doctor looks like, what a physician looks like. Excuse me. Uh, so this is what I've decided to do, and I was accepted to one postback program uh, up in D.C. We can talk about that later, um, but time has to go on. And it is now, I would say February and the school year doesn't end until May and the school year wouldn't start until the summer for the post program. So uh, time goes on. I'm still doing, I'm still uh, attending the clinical sessions in, in the, the hospital, in the neurology department. Uh, and Dean Lima emails me like, what are you doing? <laughs> Pretty much like I need to talk to you. Like the time has come now. So I go and speak with her and she lets me and she just recognizes what's going on. And she's like, you want to go to medical school, don't you? And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable answering that question right now. Uh, she's yeah. like, well, don't. She's like, well, don't. Um, you know, I'm very political. So she's like, well, don't. And come back and talk to me in a week and we can decide what you want to do. So in a week's time, I go and speak to her and I'm like, I think I want to leave the program and take my talents somewhere else. Well, obviously to medical school. And she says that she will support me in any way, primarily, mm-hmm. primarily because our relationship was always a positive one. I felt I felt as if I did what I was supposed to do. So. I start my process of applying to medical school, um, just getting my letters of recommendation, getting my um, personal statement together having the mindset of I still have to take these prerequisite courses up at this program that I just was accepted to. So um, in all this time of me sitting at home trying to figure this out, I started painting. Um, I think I'm, I'm a self, self-taught self artist and I think my work is good. You know, we can bring that to the streets. It's really but good. Oh, I have seen it. That. So. <laughs> So um, I went to YouTube, like most millennials do. I went to YouTube to figure out how to paint. I literally typed in how to paint. And I love, I, I love space art. I'm a science, I'm a science fiction geek. Uh, who would have thought? Uh, favorite, my favorite movie is Men in Black, just for the listeners, you know. Oh, okay. But I'm, I'm, a science, I'm a science fiction geek. I hope you guys are following me. I know I, know I can be long-winded. No, science it's all right. Fiction geek. I went to YouTube uh, and I searched how to paint. Um, space art <laughs> so something came up like everything does on YouTube and it taught me how to paint and I learned how to paint the first um, piece was trash I believe but then the next piece was fantastic and I thought it was a fluke and this actually translates to like uh, work in the lab the D1 lab because I think my work has been sometimes fantastic but as a lot of artists may be able to tell you sometimes they do not have a method Sometimes mm-hmm. it just happens like they, they can, you can just start working in it. The masterpiece just comes out of your mind and comes to the paper or yeah. comes to the tooth, whatever. And I, and I felt that way. 
So I I figured maybe that was an accident. Everybody's telling me that it's good work. I'm gonna try again. The next one was was it was nice also. So I'm like, man, I'm fooling everybody. I had everybody <laughs> fooled. They think I'm mm-hmm. such a good artist, but I'm actually just doing this on accident. So um, a couple of my friends at the time were dental students. I'm transitioning into how I got into dentistry. A couple of my friends at the time were dental students, um, third years, second years, fourth years, you know, uh, and my line brothers was a dentist at the time. They would see my art and they would, and they would tell me, bro, you should think about dentistry. Um, I think you would be good at it. I've never thought about being a dentist a day in my life. So I'm like, uh, that's whack. I'm not doing it. I wow. want to be a neurosurgeon, you know. I want to go, I want to be a surgeon, you know, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy, like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so I, I kept, I kept blowing it off. Like, I'm not trying to go into dentistry. Like, who, who wants to look at teeth all day? Um, it just seemed, it just seemed like such a stupid thing to do. Like, why, why would I do that? You know, I had no, no knowledge of oral health care mm-hmm. whatsoever. So um, I keep painting and they keep coming to my house it was the hangout spot. It was the house <laughs> across the street from the dental school. Who would have thought? Um, um, so people just kept coming into my home, you know, my friends telling me, bro, you should think about dentistry. You know, I think you would be good at it. So I'm like, whatever, I'll come into the lab. I'll see what you do. Let me see what, let me see what you do. So I can see if it's something that I would want my life to look like. So I go into the lab and I watch, I watch one of my friends cut a class one cavity prep. And I'm like, I can do that. Like, I know I can do that. So he sits down with me and just walks me through all the steps of cutting a class one cavity prep. Not really talking to me about the um, all the forms <laughs> that mm-hmm, you need yeah. to know. Just telling me, like, look, I, this is what I did and I want you to do it. Kind of like my boy off of drum line, you know, cultural competency. I hope somebody's catching that. I, yes. You know, he couldn't read me. <laughs> anyway, he shows me how to do it and he's like, do this. So, and I do it. It wasn't fantastic, but it brought me peace. And I was like, this is dope. I was like, you know what? I want to go to dental school. I literally made a split decision and I decided, all right, so I'm going up for this pre-med post-bac program, but I'm about to hit them with the the curve and actually apply to dental school, like split decision. And that is literally all she wrote. Um, I went up to DC. I found a job. uh, Well, I started shadowing. I started shadowing in a dental office. Shout out to Mint Dental, D.C., Rhode Island Avenue. Um, I started shadowing at this dental office. And um, the guy who owns the office, you know, Howard, graduate, black man, shout out to the black business. He asked me, what can I do for you? And I was like, bro, I need a job. Like, it's expensive to live up here. So he was like, well, what do you do? I was like, well, honestly... I have no dental experience, but I can learn. I can learn like on the fly. Like I believe, to, I believe myself to be a good learner, and I'm also an artist. I just learn how to, you know, paint on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, well, I have some lab work that I need done, um, and I really just don't have a lot of time to do it. So I'm going to show you, you know, how I've been doing it. And what we were doing was um, designing ceric crowns and ceric bridges and veneers, and all of this is, of course, fan, uh, uh, fascinating to me because. Dentistry is my newfound love, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I went from watching Grey's Anatomy to watching videos on YouTube of what a, a dentist's life is like. So he's showing me everything about serrated crowns and serrated veneers and how he paints in the oven 
And I'm like, all right, I can do that. I can do all of that. You know, at this point, I feel like I'm faking it all, but I'm going to make it happen. So he he shows me, um, he talks he talks me through it, and and that is and that is also all she wrote. I start working as a lab technician in this dental lab when I was just doing research like a couple of months before. And all it took was for one of my friends to say, you should go to dental school or to bring me into the lab and to show me what working in the lab was like. I already liked mm-hmm. being in the lab. I mean, I was in a PhD program for Christ's sake. So being in the um, in a private practice, being uh, working as a lab technician, it was, it, it, I guess it provided me the different kind of exposure that really solidified my the decision to go into dentistry because I love working with different patients. I love like the um, the freedoms that they allow me to have. They allow me to uh, slightly work as an assistant, you know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did a lot of sterilization. It was a lot of learning. And I also got to work in the front office. I got to learn what uh, managing a practice was actually like. Uh, they didn't give me an office, but the lab was my office. And I put a sign up and they had to knock before they came in. I felt <laughs> wow. <like a> boss. <laughs> you know, I, fe- I felt important, um, even though I was being paid, you know, what you would pay somebody without experience. It was still an invaluable experience for me. Um, and I applied to dental school. And at this point, I'm like, I've learned so much in this office about dentistry. Um I guess more so on the clinical side of things, but I don't have like the didactic knowledge. But I'm like, I know so much. My confidence was through the roof. So I'm thinking when I apply to dental school, they would be idiots not to accept me. I'm like, I'm a good student. Um, I'm a good student. My letters of recommendation are solid. My, I believe myself to be a good writer. So I'm like, my letter is nice. I mean, my, um, my personal statement is nice. I'm like, if you deny me, you would be a fool. But I had yet to take and have yet to take in the DAT. Mm. Why? Why is that such a hurdle for so many people? <laughs> I don't know. But I had yet to take the DAT. So one of my friends, can't remember which one, it just was speaking to me about like manifestation and manifesting the score that you wanted. So what I did was, uh, so before I say this, side note. One of our professors at Meharry always says, has anyone ever told you to shoot for a 30 on the DAT? Um, He's like, why y'all always shoot for the lowest score that you need to get in that dental school? Why not shoot for a 30? Mm. When he said that, it resonated with me because I shot for a 30. Now, I did not get anywhere near that. That would be a story right there. Right, that would be a story. But when he said that, it resonated with me because I actually did shoot for a very high score. Didn't get it. I got, you know, what I needed. That's not not your business. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so my friend is speaking to me about the station and manifesting the score that you want. So I write 22 on um, a piece of paper and I just uh, photocopy it like 22 times. And I stayed with it all across my room just so every time that I opened my door, I would see the number like 22. Like that's what I'm shooting for. Like I know that that's what, that's what's for me. Um, so time goes on, time marches on and I don't get a 22. I actually get one point less than the necessary score to get into dental school. And I'm really kind of um, bummed out about it. I mean, it's my first time taking a standardized test 
in a very long time. I guess before that it was the GRE, which I didn't mm-hmm. study for. And before that it was the ACT, which I also didn't study for. So having to actually study for the DAT, I'm like, this is my first time ever studying for a standardized exam. Um, and I made, you know, of what I thought was a decent score, wasn't good enough. And I was just kind of bummed because I knew, I was like, I'm not getting into dental school with this score. Even though everything else I felt was so solid, I'm like, I'm not getting in. Um, but got into MHS, and that is also all she wrote. And here I am, uh, you know, a year later, two years later, actually, D2. Yes, thank you so much for sharing your stories and everything. Um, both of them were very powerful. Uh, and I'm sure that there are diff- um, different listeners out there that may have similar uh, stories just like the both of y'all. Um, and show you mentioned, you know, painting and everything like that. Uh, how do the both of you balance your personal life and dental school? Um, and then burnout, very real, <laughs> especially as a first year. Um, what did you do when you experienced that? Hmm. You want to go first, Rachel? You want me to go first? You can go first. Okay. Huh. How do I balance my personal life? So what I will say, the first thing I will say is um, my fiance, she asks me every day, um, have you talked to your mom? Have you talked to your dad? Like, Have you talked to your brother? Have you talked to your sister? That's um, sweet. Because I'm definitely a tunnel vision type of person and I don't want to be that way. I've just always been very focused. If I've been at school, like when I was at Morehouse, I definitely like was focused, so focused to where it may seem like I forgot that I had a family back home. Uh, and, I, and I just am that way. So I can appreciate, you know, having somebody next to me to ask me, all right, make sure that you are connecting with your people because it's more important now than ever um, just to stay connected to, the, to your loved ones um, and even your liked ones. So... <laughs> I would say that is one way that I try to have, well, I guess I have some sort of balance. And also, I just have cutoff times. I have, I have very strong cutoff times. And there are just some things that I don't um, compromise on. Um, me, and my, me and my friends, we, we, we say all the time, like, I'm not going to let this school stuff stress me out. Mm. Like, it's so much, so many other things that are important in life to let school do it, like I, school ain't gonna be the, ain't gonna be the, the thing that takes me out. Um, so we just like have cutoff times, and I find time to work Netflix into my schedule. Like, and if that's what I if that's what I want to do, it's gonna it's gonna get done. Yeah. Like, so um, I just have very strong cutoff times. Um, I don't like to eat cold food, so if I want something hot, I might go out to eat. You know, um, it's just kind of like setting a standard for the life that I want to live because it's not just me being a student. You know, um, I am somewhat frugal, but I also understand that like this is the only life that I know of that I'll have. So I'm going to try to utilize it and use, you know, the time that I have and and appreciate the present moment. Um, It's easy to get lost in the sauce, you know. Mm hmm. But if you don't have sauce, you lost. Oh man, that's so much culture competition well, going on. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was coming. I was waiting for it. Yeah. But anyway, somebody's catching this stuff out there. You know, all your listeners, all your fifteen thousand listeners, somebody's catching this. But 
you just have to find time to do the things that you love. And it's not necessarily finding time, but you just make the time um, because it's easy to say, well, I have to study. I have to study. We always have to study. Like, there's right. always something to learn. So just find the time to do the things that you want to do and not necessarily the things somebody else wants you to do is how I find the proper balance for me to be sane. Um, and I would say in times of burnout, hmm, my burnout, my burnout spiel is a little different than what one may may expect because it's, it's more so like philosophical, uh, mm. especially with me being um, well holding the rank of class president for the D one class. It was just a different mindset that I had to have. Um, my leadership style is primarily like lead by example. Now, while I do think that I have a powerful voice, if I do decide to speak. Um, I've always been like, there's probably more people watching me than more people than people listening to me. Uh, hmm. So the people that were, that I felt were watching me, I always made sure that I led by example. I always made sure that I was studying or I always made, uh, I showed up and was present and present in mind um, just because like, it may be a day where somebody needs me or it may be a day where somebody needs somebody to talk to. Um, one very specific example of my burnout, and I'm sure the D1s will experience this in time, was first semester walking into the growth lab. Uh, yeah. It's actually before we walk into the growth lab, like um, sitting down in the locker room to change clothes and put on my growth some smelly scrubs, very smelly scrubs. So mm-hmm. sitting down in the growth lab, I always walked in and I used music to fuel me. So this year's this year's theme was Roddy Rich, you know. Shout out to Roddy Rich. Um, so walking into the gross lab, I'm sitting down, and it's just a tough day. Like it's three o'clock. Doctor 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 Gross Anatomy is not letting us out. <laughs> Doctor Gross Anatomy, <laughs> <laughs> and she just she's just not folding on what we have to do today. But like I said, I try to lead by example. So it just got to a point where I was like, man, look. I know you're tired and you're not the only one, but if you're going to call yourself the leader, then you have to be the person that walks in here with a good spirit and walks in here with the mindset of let's get this done. So a lot of times for me, just because of the mindset or the stance that I decided to take, I use kind of like an internal push to get me through Mm. more so than something tangible. And that's just kind of like, um, there was a starting point for, just a motivating factor for me doing that time and time again because it it, it didn't the burnout didn't end there. There were a lot of times uh, fall semester as well as spring semester where I felt, man, this is wild. Why am I here all day and all night? Who said I had to work all night? Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, that's just the stance that I decided to take. You know, that's how I how I handled and, and sometimes how I still decide to handle the inevitable burnout. And Rachel. <laughs> okay. So how do I deal with the balance of like my personal life and dental school? So basically, um, touching in on what I was saying earlier, I I came to Meharry straight out of um undergrad. And so like what Aparicio was saying, he was like, you know, he was grinding it out in undergrad. I thought I was grinding it out in undergrad. <laughs> like I 
saw it, I was definitely like, dang, girl, like, you putting in all this work, like, it's going to be the same thing. Absolutely not. Um, I don't think that I even realized that this type of in-depth studying even exists until I had to put myself through it. It's something that I really couldn't imagine. Yeah. Because, like, it wasn't on my spectrum of heart. Like, I didn't know that level of heart existed, you know? And so, like, I know when we came, there's, like, you know, they make you do all of these little, like, you you think that they're childish, but then, like, later on in the semester, you sort of, like, resort back to, you know, those triangles where it's, like, school, sleep, relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, pick two. And, you know, I used to think those are cute. I'm like, I can do all three. You can't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I had to learn that. I had to learn that, you know, really fast, like, I wasn't good at doing all three. Um, School was obviously my main priority. So it's like I sort of went from an undergrad just like myself. Like I was my like if I wanted to go to a party, I could Uh, even if I had a test the next couple of days. Like I was okay. You know, my schedule was different. I could do whatever I wanted to do in undergrad. If I wanted to go out to eat at that moment in time, sure, whatever. I don't even second guess it. But when I got to Meharry, it was like, it was just really hard on me because I was like, I have to learn how to say no. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you all are into horoscopes, but I'm a Libra. And so like, I'm the true definition of a Libra. I have a cancer moon, but you know, but, but, uh, a Libra to death of me. So it's just like, you know, a little bit of that people pleasing, like, dang, like, I do want to go, but like, if I don't, I'm going to be sacrificing something so big. And you want to know the craziest thing? When I got to Harry, I actually, what Aparicio, I can attest to like everything that he's saying is, is real because sometimes when I really felt like I was just like, I, it's no way that, that we have to study that much. I would literally watch him. And I, it's like, I knew he was tired. I knew he was tired because I was dog tired mm-hmm. and he was still grinding it out. And so I was just like, just having people around me be like, you know what? Like, if they can do it, y'all sitting right beside each other. What's wrong with you? Like, push through it. Yeah. And so surrounding myself, I tell, I tell people all the time, like, I don't surround myself with negativity. You cannot speak certain stuff in my ear because I'm, I'm going through like so much right now. It's, it's so much of like, I'm trying to fit myself into my schedule. I'm trying to fit friends, family, relationships um, into my schedule. I'm trying to go to sleep. You know, I'm yeah. like, what's eight hours of sleep? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I, I really don't know. I don't, I, you know, I haven't recalled getting that in a while. So it's just like, I have to make sure that I'm surrounded by positivity. And sometimes, you know, I do, I do mess up and sometimes I forget things and I'm like, dang, like, I'm so busy studying that I forgot all of these events as far as like what's going on back home. But it's like, luckily, like I had to have that talk with all of my friends, my family, all of that. I was just like, look, like I, until you're in this position, it's like, you're not going to ever feel what I'm saying. Yeah. Because like I said, I couldn't even imagine myself being this busy. It's to the point where like my friends would joke and be like, you always studying. And, like, sometimes it really don't be funny to me. I'll be about to cry when they say that. I'm like, I am. <laughs> right, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I <laughs> yeah. am. So I'm just like, you know. But as far as my burnout, I think it's like I was blessed to have my – probably my largest burnout in MHS. What happened was I, I feel like we had a test every day. I'm like – I can't like I'm trying like but it's like they don't let up like yeah 
it's like, I don't know, but they're like, you know, if they did it and they're fine. One of my professors said that that was like, we know it's hard, but we did it. Y'all be all right. You know how that goes. So, you know, but, but in the moment that's not really clicking because Mm -hmm. I'm like, it doesn't feel like it's going to end. And so I remember I went to my car and I literally, I had the hugest breakdown. I was Mm -hmm. like, Lord, if you ain't want me to be here, then, then I like I ain't have to be here, but you go, you gonna put, put me, me through this, this <laughs> and now I gotta go home and pack. Like that, I was so upset. And normally, I always like call somebody, but I feel like this was God. This was God. Like Rachel, you know, I'm gonna slow you down real quick because, like, I was like, I was so frustrated, you know. And so I was like, I'm gonna call my best friend. She didn't answer. I was like, well, I'm gonna call my mama. You know, she didn't answer. When your mama don't answer. It's sort of like, dang, like, what you doing? Like, did you see me? I done called you twice. So I called my daddy. He didn't answer. I'm like, bruh, like, I'm in a crisis. And so I remember I ended up watching uh, Sarah Jakes. I watched Everything Must Go. Um, And so I was like, it really just registered me, registered to me that, like, I'm, I'm in a position where, like, all of my undergrad habits, all of these ways were, like, like, I wasn't allowing myself to elevate to where I needed to be so that I could focus in school. But I wasn't allowing myself to do that because, like, I was speaking too much negativity. I was I was always like, this is too hard. Mm-hmm. This is too this. And I was never like, well, how are you going to get it done? Like, it's hard to everybody. Like, if it was easy, then everybody would be doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I really had a come to Jesus moment. Like, Rachel, like, this is your dream. But you want your dream to be put on a clearance rack so that it suits you. Cause, cause, cause you don't want to save your right money. There. But oh. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to save my money to buy it. I'm like, nah. Like this is what I have right now. So what we got? We got to make some shake. And it's like, nah. Like I, I got no discounts on this journey, and I definitely didn't get no handouts. Mm. Like I worked very hard to be here, and I, I, I had to sacrifice a lot. And when I burnt out, like I said, I keep my circle tight. And like, if you're not speaking positive energy into me, that I cannot. I can't afford to be around you because I never know when I'm going to have that breaking point. And if you like, yeah, girl, pack your stuff. Like, that's not what I need in my head. Like I need people around me. Like, look, it's hard. Like, you know, I know, and I'm going to give you your time to have your breakdown, but tomorrow we up. And then I also have to like learn how to balance. Like I need to feel like I don't sit down at a desk 24 seven. Like I I need to feel like I can do stuff. Like on the weekends, I try to go really hard during the week so on the weekends I can just like experience Nashville. To be honest, like people be like, how's Nashville? I don't know, but I can tell you how my hair is. Because that's where you are majority of the time. I don't know. And I was studying uh, in West Basic, no windows, no Wi-Fi. I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know what what kind of day it is. It rained today? Crazy. I don't know. know. So I force myself, sometimes I force myself, I'm just like, Rachel, just study by a window. Like, goodness, look at outside for a second, you know. You get so just like focused and and into like, you you know doing what you you here to do that you sometimes lose sight you're like hey you're a human being you only gonna live this like once and what I know for sure I'm never going to be in a position is is to be like you know what was you doing when you were I got up here when I was 21 so it's like what do you, what were you doing between the ages of 21 to 26 and if all I can remember doing is studying my life away I'm going to be disappointed in myself Mm, so it's yeah. just like I, I have to just like make this obtainable. I have to be able to make it fun. But you know, it's like one of those things where you really have to catch yourself because you can really get into this deep hole of like academics. And like Show said, it's always something. Lost to study. In the sauce. 
Yeah. It's always something. Like you <laughs> you can always find something to do. Like that's not the issue. Even we have this one professor and he was like, I promise you cannot even meditate in peace without him being like, You're not studying nothing. Like <laughs> I know you got something to do. So we take breaks. You know, so it'd be stuff like that where you make you second guess, like, dang, maybe I should be. But then it's just like, okay, like, after a while, you sort of get the hang of it. Like I said, mine came earlier to the point where I understood, like, what was going on. And I think, and I think, to be honest, when people come to dental school, your life gets shifted, everything gets shuffled to the point where your priorities start, you know, getting a little loose. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, like my burnout came because my priorities were shuffled, uh, like, I would get my days mixed up because I'm focused on studying. Like I had a study study schedule and not like a schedule for my, like for what Rachel needs to do, like that doesn't require school. So it would be times where I'm like, you know, I, I grew up going to church like every Sunday. And I remember being like, just, just, we gonna keep it a book, keep it a book nine. I would be like, I need to go to church. But, um, I was so scared that I was going to not pass my test. So I would try to like, you know, watch church online. I'm watching church online while I'm studying. And so it's like, it's it's really real. Like this is me trying to be as open as possible. Like I, w I was like, Rachel, how did you get here? When yeah. you were struggling with your DAT, I was in that church. You know, people like I, I was that person. Like I'm here, like I'm right here. But then it's like, as soon as God gave me what I wanted, it's like, oh, now, now I got to fit in your schedule mm -hmm. because you mm -hmm. got a test. Yeah. Okay, cool. I hope you get a hundred. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, so no, really. Like, I feel like he honestly, like, put me in a position where I had no choice but to see him. Like, mm -hmm. I had no, I couldn't fall back on nobody but him. I, mm -hmm. I wasn't getting the satisfaction out of myself. I wasn't getting out of nobody. Like, I was stuck. And I was like, Rachel, like, what's the one thing that's going to push you up? And I said, I don't care about the test, the quiz. If I, I'm going to take two hours out of my time during the week, I don't care what day it is, and you're going to go to church, and you going to watch your life shape. And I kid you not, I was like, wow. And so, like, I'm a super spiritual person, so I feel like at that one point in time, I was, like, just losing sight of that. And even to the upcoming D1s, like, listening, like, I'm not sharing that with you just because it sounds good. Like, that's real. Like, you're going to be so tunnel vision to your studying that you will literally think everything else can get moved around and there's certain things you never sacrifice on and mm -hmm. I really had to learn that the hard way like I said I was up here when I was 21 I was I just turned 21 I, I mean I, I was I was new to this like it, it really came and, and it shook me and you know at the point in time I was trying to pretend so hard that I was doing fine that I really couldn't lean on anybody but him because like I said, in my hardest moments, he was the only person who answered my phone call. Amen. <clears throat> Gotta take it through, for sure. Man, <laughs> and we'll get your attention, okay? So, uh, hey, he wake you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even then, like, Rachel, when you talked about, like, the intensity of professional school, you know, when you're like, oh, no, I'm studying, like, I'm in class, like, you know, some people... Treat that like undergrad, like where you can kind of like blow it off or whatever. But oh no, like professional school is for sure something different. Um, and then even with the both of you guys being um, in leadership roles, uh, I'm you know, and show saying that you know he needed to stand tall because you know of all the people watching. But even then, that can even cause a lot of pressure. 
Um, but even with that, like, did you guys have, you know, some super tough moments in dental school or some of your best moments that you can elaborate on up until this hmm. point? <laughs> you know, you say you say I have to stand tall and I and I did um, and I always intend to do that. But I feel like I'm built for this. Like, mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily like a pressure like a pressure um, induced moment. I just felt like, man, this is what you got to do. Like, you know that you're built for this. So this is really just a part of the game. And I always speak about the game. You know, uh, I speak about the game as the game of life, the game of like school, like, because it's just a game. Anyway, we, we can talk about this stuff forever. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so super hard moment, super hard moment, super hard moment probably dental anatomy and occlusion which is my favorite class um, out of all the classes i've ever taken in my entire life that's probably like from from grade school dao is my favorite class of all time one because the professors are hilarious they are <laughs> hilarious um i just enjoyed the type of teaching that they did um the type of pressure that they put on you to learn, the type of the mind games that they played, I enjoyed it because, like I said, it's all a game, mm-hmm. and I understood it, and I didn't necessarily take it personally ever. Um, I just, I just figured it out. So, and I just knew I'm never going back to Genesis. I'm never going back. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Just wait. I'm t- <laughs> just wait on it. <laughs> oh, just wait until second year. <laughs> I, I was so determined. I was so determined to never have to start over. Um, it just wasn't going to happen to me. I'm like, I see y'all. I see y'all having to start over. And holler at your boy if you need help. Like, holler at, holler at me. I got you. Like, I will help everybody. However, I'm not starting over. Um, and that was my mindset. Until... Until. Ah, okay. Okay. Until. <laughs> you know what's so what's so what's so crazy? What's so crazy? Um I felt as if it was nothing that I did. I it was nothing that I did. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> my articulator, well, my cast, my cast literally crumbled. Oh, I remember having, that. No one touched it but God. I, it had to be him. It had to be him. <laughs> A disclaimer, oh, he was real. so sad that day. He was a walking puppy oh, that day. So wow. you, gotta, you gotta understand, like DAO was like my crown, like that's my gym. Like I love this class because this is like this is I'm a big kid. Like I'm finally in like professional arts and crafts. Like I'm <laughs> I'm I'm flourishing, I'm doing my thing, and I, I've never been back to Genesis. Like I hear you talking, I hear you talking, Dr. Tides. I hear you. But like I'm not going back there. Like we yeah. we moving forward, <laughs> and so I put my uh, my articulator. I, I took it home. I was working on it at home, um, and I I think I left. I might have left it in my car. I might have left it in my car. Uh, it's cold outside, um, and I bring uh... it back. And I bring it back into the dental school to start working on it. I literally like brush it with a with, with um with my dust brush mm-hmm. like my dust brush yeah and my and my cast crumpled wow. i was so confused i was so confused because i'm like god what did i do to deserve this <laughs> wow and at this, and, and at this point i think we were starting to work on 
the molars. Oh so we man, from, so that's already we, two we, teeth that you. Yeah, wow. we went we went central incisor to the premolar to the molar, and I'm like, wow, that is so crazy. And I just I remember myself saying, this is crazy. Who would do this to me? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. And I was just like, no, nobody, nobody talk to me. Don't talk to me today. Oh like, man. <laughs> So, and, and that was just and that was just a rough moment for me now i knew i was gonna bounce back i knew i was gonna bounce back i just didn't want to get behind like i had too much going on to like fall behind and i had been striving and like just going along so smoothly so i was like this is i'm like if i fall behind man i don't know how this is gonna go i'm trying to get an a and dao which rarely happens as everyone in history of the school knows it just yeah. doesn't happen but I'm like, I'm going to be the one. I'm like, why not me? Why not me be the person that gets an A at DAO? Like, I'm doing so well. Uh, but my ticket, my um, my cast crumbled. And that was just a rough day for me. So I was like, you know what? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make it through. Um, so I spent that entire, like, the next two days. I think I took my ticket, uh, my my new cast and my new articulated. Well, I'm a new articulated. My articulated and my new cast home. Um, I mounted it and I like just get everything like really fast. I got to go ahead to like march through the first two teeth that I had already been approved for. Um, and like within like two days, I was like back, I was like back in business. And um, yeah, I would say that was probably my most difficult moment. I didn't have a lot of difficult moments just because, you know, my perspective is a little different. I'm like, it, it all, it comes and goes. So mm-hmm. uh, you have your ups, you have your downs, but that moment there, I was like, yeah, I didn't deserve this. But it's a humbling experience for sure because, like I said, I thought I was untouchable. I thought I was untouchable. Um, I'm, you know, I'm growing. My, my, my dexterity is growing. Like, my, my skills are increasing. And I just felt like I was being very careful all the time. So, um, and I, I felt I was untouchable. So, in that moment, I was humbled. And, the, you know, we make it through. <laughs> Genesis, hello. Genesis. Yeah, that's all like I got. That's probably my most difficult part. I feel like my story is like complete opposite as Aparicio's because I feel like when I got to Meharry, like how Aparicio felt untouchable, I felt like everyone was touching me. Like mm. I felt like I was getting poked from every class, from every angle. I was like, y'all are y'all mean. You know? <laughs> like it's just crazy. Like. I'm not like dang like on the first week we going through a hundred slides like it's like that like oh yeah okay that's what's up okay we got a quiz (laughs) no quiz on the third day okay (laughs) crazy you know so I really feel like I got my hardest uh, my my hardest experience had to be just getting up here and getting hit in the face but I'd rather like get here in the in the beginning and get hit in the face and be able to adjust so that you know I can learn from that then I guess like you know later down the line when I have like a a definite study schedule and getting hit so uh I think my my hardest or my hardest struggle had to be like gross anatomy and I think it was because I mean the material is just hard um it's a lot. I wouldn't even say, I, I would say it's a lot. Um, and I feel like it was so many resources to the point where I feel like I could have majored in just that class. And honestly, <laughs> I felt like for a long time that that was my only class. 
Uh, and I didn't like feeling like that because I had other classes to worry about. So the time management, I felt like I was always in my professor's like office hours, like almost as much as I was in her classroom. Mm-hmm. And so it's like <laughs> dealing with that. And then like, you know, I'm pretty chill and I don't make too many complaints about anything, but like the lab, the cadaver lab, like it was, you know, interesting at first, but after a while, after being in there, we used to go be in there for like four or five hours, three times a week, like 15 hours a week. It just got to the point where like, I feel like one time I had a breakdown because I remember I was like, I'm hungry after. And this is, we've been in there probably about three weeks, four weeks. I, I can't remember. And I go to eat and somebody was like, you know, how like your pencil can drop and that could be the turning moment. And I remember somebody was like, oh, what's that smell? And I remember I just like, I clicked. Because I'm like, I am in dental school. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why I'm opening somebody's stomach right now. Who knows? <laughs> like, I don't know. I've been standing up for so long. Like, I kid you not. To the point where I don't even know what you're smelling because I'm immune to it. Like, yeah. well, up, until, up until we had, and then we had another issue. And I feel like it was just like so much going on. What happened? Every day, remember when we didn't get it, it like formaldehyde. We didn't get it refilled. The air went out. So imagine like. Oh, yeah, it was hot. No formaldehyde, no oh, air. It was like, oh. it was, it smelled horrible to the point where I was just like, I questioned everything. I was just like, what mm. am I doing here? Like, I, I don't yeah. like, I, I can't see nothing. It's not, I, I'm not really retaining as much stuff because like the bodies are so different. Like. Mm-hmm. You, it's not color coordinated like it and netter like <laughs> yeah was, it's not yeah <laughs> i could not look like, like the book I, it doesn't right <laughs> i would try to get tutored after and they'd be like uh so you went to gross today you went to lab today yeah we don't have to reschedule so i'm just like bro like, <laughs> wow. I, feel like getting, I feel like i'm literally getting like i'm like i'm getting hit from every angle like i feel like that was like i can laugh about it now but like Everybody knows that gross side is just really not to be played with. Like, it was a super hard moment for me because I guess I didn't understand, like, I guess why I was necessarily there. And then on top of that, another one of my, like, outside of school hardest moments, it had to just be, like, missing things. Like, it was really no way around it. Like, I had to miss weddings. I miss birthdays. I miss stuff that I've always consistently been. But, it, it like, Meharry really honestly just, like, forced me to grow up, uh, for lack of better words. And I needed to, but I guess, you know, me being 21, like, I'm like, you know, like, I got time to do that. And it's like, you don't, like, you're in a grown position, like, you are in professional school. In professional school, you you have to, to grow up. Um, otherwise, otherwise, the turnout isn't going to be likely. Like, you got to put the games aside. And, and like I said, like, I'm, I'm a diehard Libra, so it's hard for me to say no sometimes, but I had to learn how to really say no to people, and it would break my heart, but I'm just like, I can't put myself in a compromising position um, for something that maybe, you know, maybe I can hit it next year or something like that, and what I also learned from just, like, being in school was, like, we always have something, so although always. that was, like, although that was my mindset this year, I'm not going to lie to you, it's not going to be my mindset for my continuing three years it's just going to be some situations where I'm like I do have that test next week but guess what I'm on the way (laughs) (laughs) I had to realize that we always going to have stuff but I guess like you know your first year you really don't want to 
test the waters. But now that I have like a study schedule, I, I know myself, like I know what I need to do to prepare myself. I guess like the hardest moment was the adjustment. And so now it's just like, okay, going into this the second year, let's see like, you know, if I've learned anything from it. Okay, so then what about some of y'all's best moments? So I know that there was a lot of tough times, especially with DAO and gross anatomy, but what about on the flip side of things? Ooh, the best moments. <laughs> the best moments. I would say um, at the forefront, white coat ceremony. That was um, a good moment. That was a good um very good moment. I felt like we had finally made it. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we were just working, working so hard for so long. It's like that. That day was just a very special day. My code is definitely big. Um, I feel like. Let me see. I feel like one of my um, top moments. I guess like I'm I'm bouncing back from like going. To, to from, like transitioning from like a PWI to like an HBCU, mm. um, even in high school, I think it was like four black girls in my class. Like, and so I think being at Meharry, honestly, twelve out of ten would highly recommend. Like, <laughs> with everything, um, taking like with with everything, like I, I would take it flaws and all, like, uh, com- completely a hundred times over because I feel like the family dynamic, um. It's just crazy because, like, your teachers can sort of tell when you're slipping. Like, I know in undergrad, if, if I was slipping or if I just wasn't really feeling it, you would never know. Um, mm. So many people in the class, you're not really paying attention to me. And I feel like I know it was a professor that was like, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, why you got a little attitude today? And I'm like, you noticed I had a little attitude? <laughs> yeah, like, it's crazy. I did not want to be here today. She said, I did. So, I, I did. But honestly, people just realizing when you're not there mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best experience for me is just feeling like people want me to be here too. It doesn't feel like people are competing with me. They're like, Rachel, we want, I want you to eat. I'm going to eat too. It's plenty of food for the table. And mm-hmm. so I feel like the best moment is like, even though I'm having like all these hardships, like this is so incredibly like tough. I look around and I'm like, everybody rooting for you, Rach. So like, mm-hmm. keep going. And then I feel like I've met definitely people where I'm just like, these, like, some of the dopest people. I, I've actually, this was my first time leaving Arkansas. I had it in my head for whatever reason that, you know, I'm born and raised. I'm going to be in Arkansas until the day I die. Blase, blase. That's all I knew. And so getting to Nashville was sort of, like, outside my comfort zone. But it was probably, like, one of the best moves I could have made because I met, like, so, so many amazing people, like, so many people who have helped me. So many people I've been able to learn from and so many people that I feel like will be in my life for the rest of my life. So yeah. it's been an amazing experience. I love the family aspect. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and I would also say under the radar, good time, very under the radar, good time was recording the videos, video projects for our ethics course. Um, hmm. Okay. We did under the radar. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. I didn't even think about that. It was just funny. Like it's just a funny time. Um <laughs> you just don't know sometimes the sometimes the humor that your classmates have until you do something <laughs> like 
make a project with them or record videos with them. And then you start to see like that the humor that you may have, some of your classmates may also share that kind of humor. And it just makes it fun because it's something outside of the classroom. It's something that doesn't have to do with, you know, you getting a grade on an exam or a quiz. It, it was just something that we all enjoyed doing. Um, now, over the radar um, time, I would say, was recording the Carabelli videos. Mm-hmm. Um, the Carabelli ball videos, just kind of like, you know, just a, I guess the cultural aspect of Meharry, just a tradition that we share, uh, recording those videos this year, of course, you know, with certain stipulations, it still didn't hinder us from having a good time. Yeah. Um, I think most of the class was able to still be like involved and we all kind of like enjoy watching it at the Carabelli Ball, which took the place of so many things. Carabelli was like the last hoorah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the last time that we could do anything together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I have. Yeah, and then I like that Meharry. I know, like with the ethics course, now that he uh, brings that up, it's sort of like we had that assignment, and we were so bummed. We was like, you know how much stuff we have why to study for. We got. <laughs> why do we have to make a video? And it's like professors literally forcing us. To, to have a little fun. Yeah. And yeah. we were complaining about it. We was like, uh-uh, you wasted my time. Like, uh, hold on. Wasting my time. Yeah, but then we do it and we like, we're laughing, we're kicking it, we're yeah. getting to know our classmates on like a outside of school type of term. And it's just like, moments like those are really good because it's just like, wow, like y'all might actually be all right, huh? So, <laughs> like, yeah. Thanks. Well, awesome, awesome. So then... Do you think there are some uh, tips you'd like to give to the incoming D1 class of 2024? So, wow. Such a crazy (laughs) number. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I definitely have tips. I definitely have tips. Definitely have tips. Uh, What I will say, I wrote some stuff down, too. All right. We're ready. Uh, Mm -hmm. I always say... Expand your knowledge, not only beyond what you're taught in school, but expand yourself beyond dentistry. Mm. And this goes to speak to the fact that dentistry is not your life. Um, Now, it can be your life and it can be your life's work, but you are allowed to round yourself out. You are allowed to increase your knowledge. You are allowed to be well-traveled, to be well-read, to be Mm -hmm. well-dressed and well-spoken. Like be well balanced and expanding your knowledge beyond what you learn here and what you learn within your chosen industry. It will mean a lot and it will make you a much better participant in this thing we call life. Um, I got some other stuff too. All right. All right let, me, let, me, let me let the streets hear it. All right. So I got, and I got this, I got this from Instagram. No one can force you to learn you are in charge of how much you know. Um, so one of my favorite professors, um, he probably don't know that. He probably don't feel the same way about me. But he always <laughs> says, <laughs> he, probably, he always says, like, uh, Dr. Me, no. Like, if you're going to be the doctor, like, you got to know. You got to know what's going on. Not only within dentistry, like, you, you have so much responsibility. You have mm-hmm. so much responsibility. People will come to you for literally anything. If they need yeah. their car fixed, they will come to you like, how do I, how do I go about doing this? You're a doctor. How, how are you supposed to, you're not an engineer, but 
because you are a doctor, like you, you may need to know that you may need to be able to guide somebody in the right direction. Like, so, but in terms of like that quote, no one can force you to learn. Like you are in charge of how much, you know, like however you feel about the knowledge that you're being, that's being forced down your throat while you're in school, it will determine how it sticks. It will determine if it sticks rather. Um, if you want to learn more, that is totally up to you. But keep in mind, you are going to be like, you know, a future healthcare to the nation. So it's mm -hmm. up to you to, to be great. It's up to you to strive for greatness. It's up to you to um, be a well-rounded and well-renowned participant in oral healthcare and being oral healthcare provider. So um, just keep that in mind. Like you have the will and you have all the power in your hands. I'm going to stop. Right. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to put some of those quotes in, in my uh, quote book for sure. Because um, we're all, I mean, even just what they tell us um, with being dental students, we all, we're in a, a constantly learning profession, you know, so being in charge of what we know for sure um, is we have to know beyond what we're given. We have to know beyond the PowerPoints, you know, no matter how many hundred slides there are, you know, we have to do that extra step. It is um, our responsibility to take that extra step. CE courses, all of that good stuff. So, yeah. Especially as, um, you know, especially as black dentists, mm -hmm. like we're expected to be so much, so much better. Um, we're expected to be so much better. Um, we don't get as many opportunities to fail. Yeah. Um, so it's like, let's not fail at all. Let's know more. Let's be better. Like, why not? Absolutely. <laughs> but um, but to the to incoming D ones, um, something that I wish I guess I could have went back and sort of told myself was like, as you all are going to come to find out, so many people are gonna get be giving you so many bits and pieces of their experience. And so really be mindful that it's their experience. Mm -hmm. Like you can take everything with a, a good solid grain of salt, but like realize that your story is, is going to be very unique to you. Yep. Something that I went through, you may never go through. You may be like, you, but you said, but that was my story. You know mm -hmm. what you go through. I may be like, I never really had that issue. And so I know coming into dental school, I was listening to so many people that I stopped listening to myself. Mm. And I was just like, I don't really know what works for me. I mean, they said that this works and I was just trying that. But it's like, what, what works for Rachel? Like, you have to really find that. And you have to find it soon. It's not yeah. something that you can really just keep putting off. Like, you sort of have to find it with the quickness. Or things, are they're going to start, you know, piling up and, and getting larger and larger. And then that's when the overload and the burnout starts to happen. Um, and what I will say is just, like I was sort of saying earlier, you know, know yourself, know your priorities, and don't compromise with your priorities at all. Write them down if you have to. Like Sho was saying, like manifest stuff, write it down so that you see it every day, so that it's Please always on it your mind. Yeah. Write it down. It works. It really does work. And and that way, when you are in your burnout moment, you can go back and be like, what do I need? Like, what, what, where do I go when, when I'm in need of something? 
and that can remind you like exactly sort of like who you are like you're gonna change but it's a more so it's an evolving type of change you're not gonna obviously like you're gonna be you but you're you're leveling up like mm-hmm. I know on a lot of people's pictures when they post the white coat they were like the price went up sis brother the price is going <laughs> up no more discounts we ain't on mm-hmm. clearances no more discounts yes Right, we full price around here. And with that, it just comes like, you know, Spider-Man, like it, it comes with great responsibility. And and honestly, that's just something that you have to be prepared for. And nobody can really prepare you for it. Like it's something that you're going to find out how you're going to deal with it while you're in that situation. Um, And and for like the, the people, I guess, who are a little spiritual like me, like what I had to realize was like, yeah, I'm going to go to church, but you know, I can go to church on Saturdays. I can go to church on Wednesdays. I'm blessed enough to have an amazing classmate who literally takes her time out and she does Bible study for our classes on, on Wednesday during lunch. So it's just like, just find something that works for you. That still is basically set around your priority like okay maybe you didn't get to go on Sunday but hey you know I get to go on Wednesdays something like that just just keep yourself like keeping yourself going like and realizing that your mental health comes first Mm -hmm. so whenever you feeling not yourself like it doesn't matter what's about to come up it's not worth losing you um a lot of people they come in to dental school happy all smiles let's get it and they leave like really really stressed out like really really stressed out like head full of gray hair you like dang like you've aged so much why it's because you're stressing like this this is no joke it takes a toll on your body Mm -hmm. and so and having those conversations with and and this is another thing you know I know people may or may not uh or even agree with this but like your relationship is about to go through something whether it's good bad whatever and different you know a lot of people come up here with their relationships going on and that's great but like it's not impossible, but you are going to have to work at it because the mm-hmm. amount of time and amount of focus that you have is sort of like you, it's not like you forget on purpose, but it's like, you're so focused and everybody around you is focused. So that's all that you know. And it's like, sometimes you might forget to call somebody back. You might, you, you might think that that hour out of your day is the saving grace. Like this is my only free time and I'm giving it to you. But like that hour to you may not be as much as somebody else. So like, come into dental school like having these conversations already because it's going to happen and it's going to shake the room a little bit you know and i don't shake think the room <laughs> i don't think i knew that my room got shook a little bit and I'm, <laughs> like, I'm not as good as this as i imagined but it's just something that people can't understand because they're not really in your shoes mm-hmm. and it's just like and i know people I, it's that thing on instagram it says like you know, they say you can make time for what you want, but you never talk to a dental student. And like, I can't attest for any other dental school that I'm here. They're going to keep you here from eight to five on a good day. And if a special professor is talking around five, you're going to be there until about 730. And you yeah. still have to study. And let's not talk about said. So like, and you got to eat. And then dang, I just want to take a shower and chill. So so when when is my free time? Mm-hmm. I have to make it. So it's just like people don't really understand that. They like, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot for me. 
And so what I will say, not even to the deep ones coming in, to like the family and friends, if somebody's listening with them, like realize that like it's harder on us. Like we you're trying to make the time for somebody, but it's like it feels like you're not doing a, a good job for mm-hmm. lack of better words. And it's just like, like I already have it hard because I'm I'm new to this, I'm adjusting, and now I have it hard because you know, that's somebody I can fight in, whether it's your friend, best friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it's like. I feel like I'm feeling at that too, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like the I'm getting hit at every different angle. And I know that's something that's like, you know, it's not really pertaining to school, but it's something that people really need to talk about because when you're going through these little relationship hardships, like it takes a toll on your studies. So it's like, you got to sort of have all of your affairs and orders um, while you're up here because honestly, like, yes, you're going to go through heartbreak, whether it's with your friends, family, loved ones, but it's like, Honestly, it's been times in my life where something was going on and I didn't even have time to be sad. I was like, look, that probably did hurt my feelings, but I'm going to have to study for this first and then I'm going to think about it after yeah. my test. You, if yeah. it, am I lying? I, no, you're not. And so that's yeah, something compartmentalization. That, exactly. Like, you have to do it. It's like I have to sometimes put my feelings on hold so that I can get my work done. Yeah. And that's been my special skill. And that's not really a skill that I'm like, you know, the happiest <laughs> that I picked up because I feel so insensitive sometimes. But you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so nobody really, it's like they told us that they like joked and was like, yeah, like, good luck with the relationships. But I'm like, what that mean? Like, you know, what's your time? Yeah. Like, come back. Like, I want to know more. And then I was like, oh, so this is it. Okay, cool. And like I said, everybody's story is going to be different. But I feel like it's, it's going to be an eye opener and you're going to have to grow up. More or less story. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, everybody's story is absolutely going to be different, no matter how much advice you get from how many different people. You're mm-hmm. going to have to walk that journey on your own. Not on your own, but you are going to have to walk it with your two feet. Yeah. Um, you know, and just as a D1, I would say, man, I would say just be organized. Be organized, have an open mind. And most definitely grow fond or just grow an acceptance to the fact that you do not know. Like, mm-hmm. um, be okay with the unknown, accept the unknown because there's so many unknowns, especially right now with all that we're dealing with in this world today. So just, you know, understand that and don't let the unknown stress you out because dental school does not have to be stressful. It definitely can be. And, for a lot of people, it will be, but it does not have to be um, a stressor or a factor that breaks you down. So just keep that in mind. Absolutely. Yep. Great tips. Great tips. Word of Mouth is a segment of the show where we break the ice, have some fun, and allow our listeners to really get to know us. So our first uh, sub-segment of the show is Good Impressions. So do you guys have any advice for the pre-dents that are listening at the moment? Go to class. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, man. Um, For the pre-dents, for the pre-dents, I will say, when you're studying for the DAT, do questions, um, do a lot of practice exams, 
because when you get into that room and get into the testing center, you will feel a bout of anxiety. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's inevitable. Um, your life is literally dangling before your eyes and it's, it's inevitable. You're going to sweat. You're going to be nervous. When you miss a question or two, keep pushing. You cannot go back like to uh, foster on it or let it fester in your mind. Just keep it pushing. You have to stay focused, like stay focused. So to do that, you have to take practice exams in a testing environment to get your mind ready for what that anxiety feels like. Uh, and I will say doing that, it would probably have you a little bit more prepared than you would be had you not taken full advantage of practicing. Practice, practice, practice. You are not Alan Iverson. Uh, <laughs> Man, so much cultural competence. (laughs) Um, But yes, so just practice. Practice as if it was the game. In time, you will be okay. Stay focused. Don't be afraid to shoot your shot. Um, The numbers for students applying, well, the numbers for minority students applying to dental schools as well as medical schools have dwindled in time, primarily because students um, think that they're not good candidates when Mm -hmm. in fact they are good candidates they just have not been able to shoot their shot because they don't think or they don't believe that they are good candidates so shoot that shot apply to school like the, the worst they can tell you is no and the worst that you can do is apply again it's you know it's no big deal ain't that the truth <laughs> <laughs> um what i have to say is like and what i sort of have to tell myself is the only way in life that you fail is if you don't try um, like Aparicio was saying, like you're going to guarantee a hundred percent of the time miss all the shots you don't take. Mm. Um, everyone's story is different and everything is gonna have a lesson behind it. Say if you apply and you didn't get in, like that's fine. That's that's just a way to upgrade your application. It's a way to be like, Okay, you know what, like how do I need to get better? Um what I would say is don't be afraid to ask for help. The DAT is a standardized test. It's not like, I understand that a lot of people want to lean on their own understanding, but it's not that type of test. They're not testing you over what your school taught you. They're mm-hmm. testing you over a variety of stuff. And it's like, maybe you don't go to class like you should. You know, I'm not going to lie. I was in a, classroom it was maybe 200 of us it's okay i'll catch you later you know so so you don't know what you missed you know when you had that doctor's excuse i mean you still have to make up the information like that could have been a critical day for you and so i know in undergrad how it is like you don't catch everything but the dat is going to test you over everything and that's where a lot of people get confused they think they underestimate the dat is what i feel like a lot of people do they think it's a cute test and it's not cute you know, yeah. it's it's actually it's it's really hard and it 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 tests you over a lot of a lot of things, but it's very obtainable. But you have to ask for help. You need guidance because ultimately, like you may or may not be studying with someone. So it's like if you're not, you have no gauge of like if what you're doing is right or wrong, or if you feel like you're on the right track, or hey, does this even sound familiar? Like you know, just getting advice from like other people. And also another thing is like especially for minorities, like, do not pay attention to statistics. Um, 
stuff like that goes in one ear and out the other. And like I said earlier, like favor is not fair. It's not fair at all. You you're gonna be in rooms that you like. Am I qualified? I like mm. what? Like how did mm-hmm. I get? It's favor is not fair. And so while you're looking left and looking right and saying that hey my neighbor might be a little more qualified than me, it's like okay, but God said He's gonna take care of you anyways. And so that's why you end up for you. Okay. Yeah. So that's one thing that I really think is the biggest thing. It's gonna a lot of people if you ask anybody who's in any type of position that you feel like you admire ask them how many people told them no you know people look at these positions and they like wow you got everyone said yes to you all the time no ma'am no sir that's not what happened Mm -hmm. um but i believe in myself more than they did so i was all right i go to sleep with myself so i I gotta be the one encouraging the key to life the key to life is perseverance Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I'm sure that the uh, pre-dents that are listening in, they greatly appreciate all of that uh, advice for the DAT because I know some of them have messaged us um, talking about them taking it in the uh, near future. So um, I'm sure they can definitely apply all of the advice that you guys gave. Um, Our next Subsegment is nothing but the tooth. Um, and that's where, of course, we talk about uh, deep, controversial, or conversational topics, um, life tips, everything uh, that's going on. So, um, with uh, what's happening in society, COVID 19, police brutality, racial injustice, um, even the, you know, just everything everything uh, how are you both handling it um personally or how is this impacting you as a dental student um what are your thoughts on that i have a lot of thoughts <laughs> so many thoughts <laughs> wow uh, we're dealing with a lot to say the least a lot to say the least we are dealing with a lot. Um, I'll touch on school first. That's fine. So COVID-19 hit right as we hit spring break. We literally, I have not been inside the dental school since we got cut loose for spring break. That's a long time. Um, at the beginning, you know, it was so strange. I think I, I had to tell myself, bro, you're tripping because during spring break, I was like, man, God, all I need is another week. I was like, God, give me one extra week. Like, oh, he gave you some months. <laughs> and man, I was like, I was like, God, I did not mean this. That's not what I meant. So I'm a, you know, I sent an, an, an apology to the to the the world. This is probably my fault. I <laughs> COVID nineteen is on me. I take that. Um, but I asked for an extra week, and this is what we got. But um. At first, I was like, you know, it's going to be all right. Like, you know, I, I remember when Ebola happened, you know, it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to go away. Like, it's, it's America, right? It's going to go away. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go away. And here we are. Um, for a while, I really miss school. I really, really miss school, like, so much because my life has been school as far back as I can remember. Like, I've been waking up in the morning and going to school. Like, I enjoy doing school. This is the joy of my life. 
it's not the only joy, but it's a big portion of it. Like mm-hmm. I'm living my dream. Um, so not being able to live my dream, like in person, like it's just, it, t- it takes a toll after a while. And I just remember talking to, talking to my friends, like, man, this, it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel normal. Um, and obviously it's not normal, but it just feels so surreal. And after a while, after all of the digital exams and after all the camera recordings and Zoom and WebEx and who else? I going to shout out. Whatever, you get the point. They yeah. just send me a check. Uh, <laughs> after all those sessions, it's like, man, what are we really doing? How am I adjusting to this? Uh, and it's, it's, it was stressful, but now it's more so like, man, it is what it is. Like, and this is where we are, and we just got to find a way to adjust to it as students. Um, I'm watching how the D3s and the D4s are adjusting. Um, I'm watching how how the groups are with you guys being in lab now. I'm waiting to see how the clinics are going to go. So I'm just trying to stay peaceful about it um, just because I feel like I know the truth. This COVID-19 thing, this coronavirus, it's not necessarily going to move about swiftly. Like mm-hmm. It's only been like three or four months, but like we're still here and it feels like it's been years. But, uh, you know, the eyes are on the people that are moving it right now. And as much as we can do is just, just try to do our part, you know, uh, if try to participate in the whole um, testing. I mean, of course, we're doing testing at Meharry. We're doing testing at Titan Stadium, Nissan Way, um, different churches on the weekends. You know, try to do, try to participate if we can, if you're comfortable to do that. Um, if you're not, you know, they have the, they have the data input that they're doing for people who aren't as comfortable doing the testing. Um, so, you know, just trying to, trying to participate and trying to be as active as possible, just so we don't feel like we're just watching the world pass us by. Because uh, it's easy to feel that way, and it's easy to get cabin fever also on the flip side of it. Um, but that's also a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> just to move, I guess I'll move to speak about the social injustice for a quick moment, and I won't take up too much of your time, I promise. <laughs> this is crazy. This is madness. This is madness. Um, what we're dealing with, what we're dealing with is truly, Malcolm X called it, chicken coming home to roost. Um, and it truly is a time of change. I feel, shout out to Malcolm X on the, on the wall back there. I know that oh, yeah. if you were, that listeners may not be able to you know, oh, see yeah. it, but <laughs> Thanks, Malcolm yeah. X is on the wall back there. Um, this is the time for change. And I truly feel like um, the wave of leadership is about to move like there are going to be new leaders in office whether that's local um regional or countrywide they will push us toward the future and push us toward the the type of country that we have been saying for so long that we do represent and that's a land of the free and a home of the brave but for so long that doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense because we don't have equality and we have not had it ever mm-hmm. um i wrote a paper last night don't ask me why it wasn't my paper. I'm writing for I wrote it for somebody else. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> about about the about the Haitian Revolution. About the Haitian Revolution in Tucson Louverture. Not many people know the Haitian Revolution is one of like the pivotal moments in human history, one of the only s- successful slave revolts to ever happen. Mm-hmm. These people 
uh, revolted um, under the leadership of Toussaint Louverture to have not only ended slavery in the country of Saint Domingue, but they also, which is uh, eventually became Haiti, but they also uh, became the only country to um, be a black republic. And you know, of course, they have their troubles today, but like this is just a pivotal time, and I feel like now is the time for us to spark more of a symbolic change. Obviously not the same thing because slavery, slavery it doesn't still happen in that way, but we still have, of course, human trafficking, also mm-hmm. another conversation. But this is the time for change and this is the time for us to actually make our voices heard in whatever ways that we can find to do that. Um, whether that's by donating to trusted causes, whether it is by protesting or marching or writing letters or helping um, those in leadership with different uh, acts of legislation, like this is our time. Like, and the new generation is going to be the people that spark the change that we have anticipated seeing for so long. And I just know, I, I know that this is the time. Like, I, I would hate for my lifetime to go by mm. and for the change that I feel is in my mind to have not been enacted in any kind of way. It would, it would, it would be a disservice to so many people for us as a generation not to move this thing forward. Because uh, I truly I truly believe and know that this is not the way that the world is supposed to be. Yeah. Okay, so with everything going on as far as it relates to like COVID-19 um, in school, um, to be honest, I don't think anyone really expected to be going through, you know, what we're going through, especially like with us being in clinics and with it being the time where we're like finally like getting to be in the labs and whatnot. So I feel like it was definitely like a wake up call, but it was honestly, like I said, like everything sort of happens for a reason. And I feel like with that going on, it sort of gave me a time to to press pause and sort of like, you know, gather myself and get my life together and really like understand the importance of what I am doing in school. Because I know sometimes you take it for granted, you get so wrapped up mm-hmm. in work and you get so wrapped up in like, oh, like, Lord, please, all I need is just a break. And he's like, okay, take it. take yeah. it. <laughs> And then you're stuck with yourself like, wait, like, dang, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. I did ask for this, but at the same time, like, I, I wasn't expecting it so parts of me was like really really you know anticipating getting back but then the other parts of me I'm just like you know I I may or I hope to never see anything like this happen you know for the rest of my duration of my life so I'm just like I'm I'm just eating it I'm just like okay what can I do in this time period that I couldn't potentially do while I was in school Mm -hmm. and so it's allowed me to really like focus on myself like I mean, with all of the social distancing and the quarantine going on, you, you really have to, like, be with yourself all the time. You have to learn yourself, like, with, with no influence around. You know, a lot – oftentimes we deal with so much, but we try to, like, keep ourselves busy so that we don't really think about everything that's going on. And I mm-hmm. feel like the pause um, and in the world really has just really allowed me to, to get to know myself better. Uh, something that I really feel like I'm, I'm incredibly blessed to be able to do and get to know the people around me, fix relationships, uh, use this time to really do a lot. And as far as it relates to like social injustice that we're dealing with, to be honest, it 
to say the least, it's made me really appreciative to be where I am. Um, like I said, I came a long ways. Like I wasn't always at schools where I feel like they catered towards me. Um, and that was fine because that was all I knew. So I didn't really know any better. And so getting some of Harry, I'm just like, wow. Like, I don't know. It's really like motivated me and encouraged me to, to just like take a look at the skin I'm in and be like, people are not supposed to treat you like that. Like I grew up and I was just like, yeah, you know, sometimes they say that, but you know, you know, brush it off. And then I come up here and they're like, no, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people are not supposed to say that. And so it's really been like a wake up call. It's really, honestly, like it was a point in time. I remember I was on social media and I think I, everybody I knew, you know, spoke out about that. And I was just like, I was almost in tears because I was like, I made the right decision. Um, you know, in undergrad, we had all these like PWI versus HBCU talk. You know how that goes. And, you know, everybody's going to have their own type of opinion on it. But at the end of the day, like, I've never had an experience like this. I've never had an experience where I'm like, the people have your back. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're not afraid of who looking at them. Like, they're going to speak out. Like, I'm going to speak out. Like, it's been something that I really haven't, I haven't seen. Like I said, I'm from Arkansas. Things are just different down there. Uh, it's it's just different. Um, you go through a lot of things that you sort of normalize. And when I got to Meharry, I, it, it was, I was like, wow, like, like I can be my full and complete self. Uh, one time, just a side note, crazy story, because I don't feel like I would experience this anywhere. I, I walk in, we were doing something, and somebody had a do-rag on, you know? And I was like, and, and this is like super informal, but just stuff like that. Like, it's like, you're so cultured. Like, everybody's like, be yourself. Like, mm-hmm. yes, sweetie, wrap your hair at night. You have to. It's better for when you wake up they're like you need some hair like I got you like I'm just like wow like for the people by the people everybody up here successful living their life like this it's new and so when all of the stuff hit the fan I think my biggest thing I was just like the, the love and the support that I got from from the school it just made me feel safe it made me be like wow like I don't know. It's, just, it's something that you fight for. It's something that, you know, those moments that reassures you that you're where you need to be because the people around you care about you. And as far as it relates to like the world, like this, this isn't new. It's, it's, it's not new. It's really not the first time people have, you know, been talking about it, but it's sort of like the world is paused. So you have no, no, you're doing nothing. All you can do is pay attention. And so I feel like it's really now like opening everyone's eyes on, you know, what's going around on around us. And I feel like we try to really like low key, like make ourselves busy enough to where it, it sort of got normalized. We were like, you know, we don't have time for that right now, but we'll get back to it later. But now it's just like, no, we're not doing it anymore. Like, like the time to stop is right now. And so I don't know. It's just in my life. I know it's a lot. Just where I'm from. I've always dealt with stuff like that. And it's been really hard. It's just like, it's, it's really, really hard because you like, dang, like, you know, you feel small in certain mm-hmm. situations, especially when you're by yourself, nobody's there behind you. You still got to stand your ground. Cause I know for myself, like I've always had to stand my ground. Not, I mean, I, I would say for me, for sure, but not for me, but, but for generations after Mm-hmm. like I'm like Rachel like you you let them do this to you like what's your kids don't think like what's your grandkids don't think like if I you you don't stand for something you don't fall for anything like you Absolutely. have to and so I feel like now it's like a unit 
Like I know on a day where if I don't get you, you know, somebody else is, it's about educating people. Like you cannot treat people like that. You cannot do certain things. Like, like it's time that America grows up. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things are about to change. And it's like one of those things where like, everybody's going to have opinions on it, but I feel like it's a, it's just a clear and obvious line on where you side at this point, you know? And I feel like what's right is right. So at the end of the day, I feel like as far as it relates to what's been going on in my personal life, it's been like a lot of reflecting. A lot Mm -hmm. of people that I'm just like, you know, I would expect to speak out, but it's like they probably don't really care. And those are people that I spent like, you know, I surrounded myself with them, you know, at school and whatnot. And so I feel like now just having everybody really just like, and to know everybody speaking up, everybody being really like, I guess, woke to what's going on. It's it's been really a blessing, um, in my eyes because I'm normally doing this by myself, you know. So that's my take on that. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, definitely um, appreciate you guys being on the show. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, uh, your insight and everything, uh, all of the great tips <laughs> um, that I definitely even wrote down myself. Um, uh, and I hope that every, all of the listeners that do tune into this episode, um, I do th- th- hope that they take away a lot of great information um, from both of you. So uh, do you guys have any closing remarks? Closing remarks, closing remarks. I will say um, to everybody listening, make sure that you strive to show up every day, you know, be mentally present, physically present, uh, stay mindful, and uh, just know that we will make it through this period of time and come out better on the other end. Absolutely. I just want to let everybody know that I'm rooting for everybody. Um, And it's enough seats for us all. So just remember, it's no competition. Uh, God is going to put you where you need to be, when you need to be there. So trust in that. If you need anything, I'm available for any type of questions you may have. You can hit me up. Um, You can hit show up. You can hit any any of us up. Like We're we're here to help. Um, Don't think that you're in there in this by yourself and don't think that you know what you're going through that no one has ever experienced like you'll at least find someone with a similar story mm-hmm. um believe in yourself because it's going to be moments and times where you might be the only person believing in you but if you don't believe in you then then that's going to be your first problem um you know i i just hope that somebody on this podcast listening is is going to be on taylor's um, in the inclusive tables, I, y'all are going to be the next people like on the podcast next year or something like that, telling us about your experiences. Mm-hmm. So don't give up. Um, don't forget the things like this. Listening to the podcast was something that really, you know, made you think a little bit. So whenever you're in our positions, make sure you give back to the people who who were just like you in the position, um, you know, wanting some advice about stuff. Absolutely. Um well, I do appreciate you guys again uh, <laughs> for agreeing to be on the show. Um, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, you know, I like to close out with something to make you guys smile. 
So uh, I have I have a couple jokes. So let's hopefully the first one makes you laugh. But if not, you know, I have a couple more. So. <laughs> okay, so what sits at the bottom of the sea and twitches? What sits at the bottom of the sea and twitches? Bottom of the sea and twitches. Um, twitches. <laughs> yeah, it's the twitches for me. <laughs> mm. A As nervous wreck. Mauricio. <laughs> wow. You know what? Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. I guess another one. All right. So. <laughs> Um, what kind of exercise do lazy people do? Recliners. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this must be from a Latin Taffy rapper. <laughs> Right. I'm trying to like think about what where she's going and I can't. Diddly squats. Not Taylor. No, okay. All right, fine. All right. So uh, <laughs> Okay, so I, I okay, maybe this one. Let's see. Um, what do you call a parade of rabbits hopping backwards? <laughs> Hip hop parade. Oh wow, no. <laughs> uh-uh. Okay. What do you call a parade of rabbits hopping backwards? A receding hairline. Wow. Oh gosh, I thought that was a good one. Okay. <laughs> so I guess, man, okay, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, you know what? So it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, know, you had it, me thinking, so I like that. You know, I was thinking hard. I just, uh, just no, but they still up. weren't funny. I, I yeah, you definitely challenged me. I was like, wow, like I got to do it. I don't think I. I don't think I have any others. I. I yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I was good. You're gonna so, go back yeah. to the yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, okay. I, I, maybe one more. One more. Okay. Just get us to giggle. I know. So I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying. So what did the left eye say to the right eye? Between you and me, something smells. Because the nose. Yeah, okay. You know what? I give up. So I, just, <laughs> All right, I give up. I give up. But... Uh, <laughs> I give up. Maybe I'll have some more uh, <laughs> joke, better jokes for the next one. So. I'm actually going to tune in so that I can make sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm hold you to it. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Um, but again, I do appreciate you guys. And uh, that's all that we have. All right. All right. Thank have you. a good time. Bye. Peace, peace. All right. If you like what you hear, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Occlusal Table Pod for more updates on the show and be sure to give us a shout out. Want to ask us questions or give suggestions on topics that you'd like to hear? Then email us at theocclusaltablepodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear feedback from our listeners, so don't forget to leave a thumbs up, five stars, and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. 
Well, that's all we have for today. So until next time, this is The The Occlusal Table. Table.